Start in T minus ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. Ahoy there, mateys. It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. I'm your host, Jim Bob Olshorts, and tonight we have some very special guests joining us who happen to run their own podcast as well, the False Reality Podcast. Um, there are a couple folks who left city life and went out and started homesteading and have been sharing their adventures about it along the way and you know i think that's something that i definitely advocate for as well being somebody that's pro self-sufficiency and i think it would be great to conversate with them about their trials and tribulations and what's worked and what hasn't worked and you know maybe encourage somebody else out there to give up on being an NPC and get themselves out of the matrix and go live and enjoy their life. Like I do. And even, even bandit does over here, you know, bandit's got his whole thing going on being an urban homesteader. Like he's got a lot of cool things going on with that, but all in all, you know, I, I feel that there are many things that you and I are capable of. And if we just put our mind to it, you would see that you can do a lot more for yourself without the needs of giant corporations and, you know, large chain stores and stuff to fulfill your needs. You know, a couple chickens, a hog, a few dairy goats might bring you a long way. You know, that's, that's something I can say from personal experience. Because, again, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I'm into and that I like to encourage for you and everyone else out there to try to do because the biggest thing we can do is to become self-sufficient. But with that said, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. And, of course, when the episode's over, you guys can just hop on over to the app you're using or even over to your favorite place, unconstitutionalawakening.com, where is the home for everything that you hear on this podcast. We'll have links and everything for the folks over there with the False Reality Podcast so that you can get back and check out their stuff and you know maybe learn some more than you'll learn just on this one episode with me this evening. Of course, we'll have all those links over there in the podcast and more section underneath the Unconstitutional Awakening podcast. There's also other things you can check out in there from all your favorite hosts and, you know, in other places that you can watch us on other shows and watch me on my other show on Saturday nights over there on the Red Pill Project. There's good links to all that stuff, man. Right back over there. At your, like I said, again, right back over there at unconstitutionalawakening.com. 
Of course, there's links to get back to Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute. There's even a link to get back to our YouTube channel. You can find us at YouTube with the uh, backslash Unconstitutional Awakening. And uh, we've also got links to get back to where you can listen to us, as well as just listen to us right there on the website. There's also links to get you some of the sweet Unconstitutional Awakening merch. You know you want to get yourself a Freedom Pirate flag or a UA t-shirt or a UA the Podcast t-shirt. Man, you can get all that stuff. Hats, stickers, notebook covers, man. There's all kinds of good stuff over there. Just go check it out, man. See if there's something you can find yourself. Be real good to help support the show so we can keep on going for you guys. As well as checking out our friends in Liberty out there. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Jim Bob peachy key creations over there at Facebook and Etsy ammo can survival over there on Instagram and classical with Brett Pike and homeschools connected and the Cubs to bears books. These are all fantabulous people out there trying to do an alternative to your already everyday basic needs, man. And these guys are true people out there just looking to help other folks like you and myself and the folks that we have on the show this evening and then i've also got this thing that i've been doing for jason Kristoff because he's recruiting for his um his little success out of self-sabotage program that he's got going on so there will be links for that as well you guys can get over there and check that out jason Kristoff's a very smart guy man he's done some really good documentaries and stuff and does a lot about fighting for your freedom just like we're over here trying to do man so you know i we once again i can't say thank you enough to everybody that's out there watching and listening worldwide that's so amazing to me every single time that i see it and say it so thank you so so much for keeping us going and keeping this thing moving so i guess with all that man let's just go on ahead and get into this one and how is everyone doing this evening? As you can see, Bandit has joined me tonight, and these guys are the folks I was telling you guys about, Legs and Buffalo. Like, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So how are you guys doing this evening over there where y'all are at? Oh, we're fantastic. Pretty good. Staying, staying toasty. Beautiful winter evening, even though it's technically, I guess, still fall. Winter. It's been winter for since probably, what, mid-September? I don't Pro- remember when the snow hit. Probably. Oh, Lord. It, yeah. <laughs> we had two weeks of summer. <laughs> no, we did. We had more than that, but it, it was, was like uh, it went by pretty quick, let me tell you. But we're cozy. <laughs> where, where exactly are you guys located out of now? We are in southeast Idaho. Like, oh, okay. Like maybe 20 minutes from the Utah border. All right. All right. Yeah. We, uh, that, so it's definitely already snowing out there where you guys are at. See where I'm at, I'm still in shorts. Uh, <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, it's it's crazy because this time last year it was there was no snow on the ground. It was cold, uh, maybe in the I don't know high 40s, but for the most part, the snow didn't hit till around Christmas, and uh, even then it didn't stick. It, it sticks and February hits and the snow will be there for good. But yeah, yeah, the snow that came this past few months, it's been sticking pretty good. Yeah. But see, see where I'm at. If we do get any kind of snow or ice, it'll be between now and the end of February, because by the second week of March, I'll be back in shorts. <laughs> Damn. 
Yeah. We came from that. We, well, well we wore shorts all the time. We were in California. <laughs> oh. So it was perfect. We were born and raised in Southern California. Oh, so my. So it is a complete difference. That, that is a life shocking. And on the opening segment of the show thing, when I was announcing, you know, who my guest was this evening, I had said that from, you know, off your guys' website and stuff, how you guys had just left the city life and decided to go into this into doing the homesteading and stuff like that if you don't mind would you mind telling my listeners a little bit about that story yeah yeah so um it kind of had to do with the events that we all kind of went through the giant mk ultra of covid <laughs> and we both had to we were supposed to get the shot to keep working and she wasn't going to get it. I wasn't going to get it. Um, for your circumstance, yours was a lot more hostile than mine. Mine was it, yeah, not as bad as yours. <laughs> it was just this giant buildup. You know, when that day in March hit and they told everyone to go home to work at home and uh, the grocery stores closed. We all remember what happened, the where, TP. where we were when that announcement happened. Um Ever since then, the job just slowly, my me wanting to be there and be around these people that just succumbed to these roles without even thinking first if it, they made sense or not, um, just to keep this stupid job at this corporation that doesn't give a crap about you, just this buildup until finally just this explosion <laughs> happened and it was just like, I'm done. I can't work with you people anymore you freaking soy boys don't give a shit about anything. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't take it. And it was a blessing in disguise when I saw that email about get the shot or don't work here. or perish yeah. from the company. It, 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 you know, I, you know that I've, I've actually heard kind of similar stories with a lot of people that I've talked to between on here and in real life. You know, we had a lot of the similar stuff. I actually lost my job back when they first started with the masks because I, as at the time I was being a, I was a mechanic and I caused a hell of a scene inside of the Nissan that I was at to the point that it actually shut, it, it actually shut the company down for three extra days because they were waiting on me to make a decision. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm not putting a muzzle on my face. You guys know how I feel about all this. You guys heard me when it all first started, you know, started being a worrisome thing. I was like, are we really going to fall for Ebola 2.0? Like, like, I mean, it's, it, it, I was like, how, you know, how many, how many scares have we all lived through or heard about different things on the news growing up and stuff like that, that, oh, this disease is going to wreak havoc. So my brain was just like, eh, it'll go away in like two weeks. But of course, it went into a complete chaos ordeal and i i had I, I was actually for the longest time i was selling boiled peanuts on the side of the road where i'm at it, instead of going to regular work and i was just like no i'm, I'm still going to continue to make money my way like i don't i'm not going to wear a mask for anybody and i just got lucky and somebody sought me out and was like hey you're this appliance guy i've heard of and i'm like no i'm not and he's just like, I want you to come to work for me. And I was like, you can't afford me. <laughs> and some negotiating a little way down the road. And, you know, he was able to work it out. And I, I can say I'm happy now, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't make me go through all that nonsense. Like he doesn't believe in it either. He's a farmer himself. Um, he, he does horse farming and, and actually 
checks out the show so hey matt but he uh <laughs> he you know he's he's big into that kind of stuff too and me and him were like what what are you talking about we deal with animals on a day in and day out basis of course we're not sick like it, we'd literally play in pig shit and hug on goats and play in chicken crap all day i promise you it makes you have a different level of immune system <laughs> yeah i i think you are right about that for sure um it's yeah it's been crazy go ahead sorry no no how was your spill there buffalo bandit i'm having trouble hearing you oh question what are your what are your political how do you align yourself politically oh man uh um because my my viewpoint is sorry go ahead being homesteaders it's everybody makes assumptions right off the bat you know yeah outside you live outside the corporate world you gave up the city life so they'll, they'll automatically assume like you're like libertarian volunteerist anarchist so i mean I, it? I guess if, if you had to put a label on it um anarchist but for me i i just just leave me alone and let me live my life and i'll be good oh. to you if you're well, so, good. You, so you'll fit in right here with those pirates because that's what we kind of got going on over here i yeah. think so yeah it, just agorist anarchist if we didn't have government that's fine like it, I, we don't need it it shouldn't we, exist we we like the scary word because we all relate to the big scary a word you know right, that everybody's right. so terrified of the stigma of like every time you mention like i'm an anarchist everybody automatically assumes oh you're for lawlessness and watching the country burn down and stuff like that and yes. what i really want to no just is, just the government sure, building you know i wouldn't care but you know um the the we can it's it's easier to explain to people that um you know if if they don't know what the true meaning of anarchism is um to just go ahead and say you know volunteerism i guess but, yeah, yeah i would i would say that i don't go with the liber libertarian thing anymore it's linked to too much autism so i just <laughs> i leave it be yeah, listen i dying for- you know? I, dra- I drag libertarians online just as quick as I'll drag a Republican or a Democrat. Heck, I even yeah. go after anarchists sometimes just because I hear them say backwards things. And I'm just yeah. it, that that's kind of why we started running our eye, at least me. And then, you know, I got the rest of the crew to join on in my nonsense. But I started running with the pirate thing. Um, it, it just kind of happened. And I was just yeah, like, you know what? I can run with that because. It, it, I don't know. Pirate seems more friendly of a word than anarchist for some reason. Like even though I view them, you know, as like an an equal level, when I tell people I'm a pirate, they're like, "Wait up, wait a minute, what? You're a pirate?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, bro, I'm a pirate." Like, what's up? <laughs> oh my god, they're probably like, "This guy's crazy." Yes. Getting back into the discussion because this is always something that really like. I always like to jump in when I have like when I have like stuff to input on a subject, which is very rarely. Um, so, when you guys said like homesteading, and are you guys like complete? Are you guys like completely running self-sufficient? No, no, I don't think anybody is like one hundred percent self-sufficient because you got to be as not as connected as to anything. Yeah. yeah, as close as possible. Um, I would yeah, say I'm- 
we're moderately we're not we're not all the way because we're still really ingrained into the community right we we live in a very small community of maybe right now maybe 200 300 people so um the, having that alone is just is huge we know where our water source comes from it comes from the the creek that's literally right down the street from us so that's where we get our water um there's one cell tower in town um unfortunately but who cares because i put some orgone around that baby <laughs> it's not doing anything um somewhat yeah Nobody can completely go off grid anymore. When you say like, oh, I'm completely off grid, but then you see them making TikTok videos the next day. Yeah, sorry. You know, you're really not. But, you know, um, I think the really anybody that really goes off grid still stays connected because they want to get their message out. You know, they want to get their message out and show their progress and show that it's like, hey, I can do it. So can you. Um, and to, you know, stay connected with your community because everybody automatically makes the assumption like, hey, you go off grid, that means you're gonna go live by yourself. You wanna have a um, strong community, even, you know, you wanna have a strong community, um, no matter how small it is. You know, yeah. Those are the people when stuff goes down, those are the people that are gonna be there helping you. You know, you're gonna have to trade with them, you're gonna have to, you know, barter with them and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where we live. Uh, the type of people that, so it's a very highly concentrated Mormon community. Mormons ha Mormons and preppers are very in, in line with thinking for each other. Y'all are up there near a regular show guest of mine, actually. Huh. Carson. Carson lives in that area. You know, Idaho. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Oh, in southeast Idaho? He's he's out there in the sticks somewhere. He's always talking about the Mormon folks out there. So oh, yeah. There's a shitload of Mormons. Yeah. The whole state. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's in central, but no, that'd be interesting to get to get a hold of him and find out. So, I mean, he's at my beck and call. What did it, what did it for you? What I mean, yeah. um your half explained her situation, why she what, what was what made you want to leave the, the corporate grind of California and do a 180? I, I wasn't happy with our life. We had already kind of started the homesteading thing with urban gardening. And then we were getting yeah, all our fruits yeah, yeah. and vegetables from like the local farms around us. We were getting our chicken from local chicken farm, um, eggs from the same source. Yes. And we... I wasn't happy. My job was going to make me get vaccinated uh, to continue working, even though I was, I work from home. I mean, I normally work from home. It's just, you know, I never see anybody. I, I wouldn't even live close enough to go to a building if I had to report to a building. So they were going to transfer my job with me. And since none of us were really happy and the opportunity to come here, we kind of had to take a leap of faith. I mean, this is literally the trailer that my, parents started in when they first got married um we're in it now and so the conditions weren't great we were kind of crammed all together but now that it's just the two of us and a dog uh i mean we've changed so much and we've created so much joy in our own life like we fucking love our chickens like <laughs> like that alone yeah, just having the chickens grown that makes me so happy and chickens are the best going in this direction 
I love chicken. Are you good? Are you good at chicken math like I am? You know, one plus six plus thirty-two. Next thing you know, there's a hundred chickens running around. <laughs> I'm on the way. We're, I mean, we're we're on the way. We're not quite there just yet. At chickens that lays a different colored egg and you're like i gotta get two of those and then you end up with four of them yep or 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 you know you decide that you're like well hey you go i need to make my own color of uh of eggs because you know there is only so many different colors out there and i was like i i was determined and i and i never and i haven't succeeded but I was determined to take a pink laying chicken egg and cross it with a blue laying chicken egg and hope that I came out with a purple egg. But nice. But no luck so far. So <laughs> they give sort of like a pastel purple. There's also there's also a wide there's also a breed of why that lays pink eggs. That oh. I, that I they're they're like a salmon color actually and I was just like oh. I was like I bet I could I bet I could make it happen but no luck so maybe one day but i will say when you get to about 40 or 50 chickens you notice a big difference in the mosquito population in your in your yard like it really? go, it drops tremendously like you'll just be sitting there and be like well, where'd all the mosquitoes go because out here in my end of the sticks like we're in the woods we're near the river you know what i'm saying like it's 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 all dense forest around here and mosquito population they turn more ground than like um they'll they'll turn they'll turn your yard yeah oh yes why mine run around free you do compost uh gardening oh yeah what they will do is uh you bury the chicken food each day in the compost and the chickens let the chickens go in the compost and the chickens will turn the compost for you to get to their food Oh shit, that's a good I've idea. I've heard of that. Yeah. That is such a good idea. We haven't started a compost pile here. Um it's too cold. Because it's just it's so cold and and, and worms. We man. do have great worms here. I'm, I'm so, yeah. I've uh, again being in the south and fishing on a regular, you come home from fishing and you still got a can of worms left and you just walk over there and pour them in your compost pile because it speeds up the compost process. And nice. And you'll like you when you have a butt ton of chickens and goats and hog pens that you clean out on top of just putting regular stuff into a compost pile, you get what they call in the farming community out this way, black, what they call black gold, because it makes it makes such a pretty manure compost that like you can you can just walk over there and plant something in it and it's going to grow like, yeah, because there's just so much good stuff in there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, the yard is going to be, come spring and summer, the yard is going to be amazing this this go. What is your arable land like in Idaho where you're at? Is it is it good for um, like garden? Is it good for gardens, good for farming, stuff like that? I would say so. Yeah. I mean. Once it's, once you, once the frost is gone. Yeah, and you, and you know what to grow and uh, certain things just, they don't work up here like any kind of pepper it's really hard to grow outside you need you need a greenhouse and a lot of folks here have greenhouses because of just the short growing season alone um but if you know what to grow and where to put it yeah the soil here is very good we we have a lot of worms i noticed and the soil 
that sweet like earth perfect like perfect earth smell it's black it's great mm-hmm. yeah. oh man potatoes are always a go-to i mean you me and, me and bandit make that joke all the time but you can grow potatoes anywhere wow. oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean we are well, in the potatoes idaho <laughs> right yeah and then and then like uh we were mentioning my buddy carson earlier he's big into the hunting scene so like he does a lot he's always keeping me up with a lot of the hunting that he's got going on in fact he was just he's sending me pictures as we're speaking of his duck hunt from this past from the from yesterday or i guess and he's in the southwest part of idaho oh so he's on the opposite side okay yeah so he's he's uh you know he's up there in it too and that there's a there's there's a place let's see there's a place up in that area i want to say it's a little town up on the north side called crow's heart that i've always been infatuated with because it's only got a population of 45 (laughs) interesting (laughs) you should move there and 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 like it's all in the mountain air mountainous area or whatever so it's on the face of mountains and stuff but i guess i guess it's a whole lot of nothing and like a one little strip of a few few things as far as the fire department and stuff like that i'm just like i could disappear there oh fascinating you'd never see me again like you (laughs) i I try my best now but you'd never see me again if i was able to get myself out to an area like that like Mm -hmm. it'd be on because i know i know there's just a lot of open land out out in y'all's area oh there is oh yeah there is prices are just still pretty high right now (laughs) so did you guys grow up um in in households that um like you would say instilled like skills for this kind of thing that prepared you for this kind of thing or was this kind of just like a jump out there and let's let's just do this and we'll kind of go we'll we'll, we'll wing it mm. definitely winging it learning as we go um there's some skills that i acquired from grandparents you know growing certain things that my my grandma's really good with just growing anything and bringing it back to life. She's the best at that. Um, But as far as like animal husbandry, oh man, we're just learning as we go with that stuff. Um, I mean, my grandpa was a farmer. Yeah. Yeah. His, his family. Yeah. My grandpa, my grandpa was a farmer. This, uh, this land was his land at some, at some point. And so he, he had a very good knack for animal husbandry. He didn't really teach me any of that kind of stuff because he was getting rid of the farm when I was younger, but I like to think that I'm a chicken whisperer. I can talk to them. He is. <laughs> yeah, but th- yeah, these skills, we like I said, we're just learning as we go. And thank goodness we have um, amazing neighbors and a community that kind of knows some of these things and we can pick their brains about it and uh, just get the help that we need. And it's, it's no, no better way to learn than to just do it, yeah. you know, instead of just what is what's the what's the term when you research too much oh paralysis analysis yeah yeah, yeah. now analysis paralysis analysis paralysis yeah i said <laughs> my bad just get out and do it sorry bennett i thought you were going to say something man before you had started to talk you were just kind of low again so so i guess when you're when you're speaking animal husbandry um of course i understand it but uh, if you would like to make somebody familiar with what you're trying to speak on 
that's listening to the show that probably has no idea with what you're talking about there. Yeah. So animal husbandry has, I mean, to me, it has anything to do with maintaining or managing a flock or a herd, depending on what type of animals you have. So whether you have chickens, it's a flock. If you have some goats or lamb, it's a herd. Um, and it's basically learning how to manage them, take care of them, feed them, uh, ensure their safety, protect them. Being a farmer of animals, essentially, instead of growing food, you're growing meat. So you said, dairy. and you said you have chickens now. Do, do you have anything else or any plans for anything else? Oh boy. We do have plans. <laughs> definitely. Um, I have you, lots of you plans. Can, yeah, he has lots of plans, <laughs> but right for now we started with chickens because that that's like the basic basic thing to start with you know it's, it's easy it's a great place to start and they are exactly. you might as well not even like branch off into anything else facts chicken, yeah chickens <laughs> can almost take care of themselves almost it, you yeah. can you know like i've i had so many running around at one point in time like there was over a hundred of them because i was not only was i getting my own but i was taking in other, other chickens listen you ever want some free animals put yourself up a ad on craigslist that you will take in rescue animals farm animals oh my gosh and you will just get animals thrown at you like i i ended up with pigs i ended up with goats i ended up with rabbits i, I see just, the wheels turning right now. yeah like, because people oh people God. are always shit. <laughs> people people are always getting rid of them yeah, or oh, Facebook man. Marketplace. Put yourself up on Facebook Marketplace. Um, there are numerous groups on Facebook uh, for rescue animals, for rescue farm animals, and people are always rehoming animals for free because some have like that's how we got our ducks. Mm -hmm. Our ducks were our ducks were free, but a really sad story. Free. Um, people will like drop them off but you have to be careful because sometimes people will dump like 20 animals on you at once they will and that's yeah that's you'll you, you'll you'll go from having you know maybe maybe 40 50 chickens to a dude showing up in a truck and when he lifts the door another 50 chickens come running out and you're like holy shit dude i didn't realize you were bringing me that many chickens <laughs> and then like on top of that and then on top of that my uh my cousin passed and his widow called me and was like hey i'm done with all these chickens do you want to come get them and i was like sure and i thought she had two or three chickens and i showed up and it was like another 25 chickens and i was just like shit i was like my wife's gonna kill me when i get home with all these chickens she didn't though she was she was super happy with me and it made it made it makes good because there was plenty to cycle through you know what i'm saying like plenty to put in the freezer plenty to keep going and then <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you now if you get into hogs be prepared and when i say be prepared i mean they will they will get out i, I don't care if you think you built something good no they're gonna get out <laughs> so like so like the best thing that i do i learned with them was training it was food training them, and they were familiar with their their feed bucket they had a specific feed bucket so when they did get out i got a little more lenient and would be like mm, they'll go up here in just a little bit let them venture they're just gonna stay in the main yard they just got out of their pen like because i was always worried about the neighbors wanting to shoot them and stuff like that but because i live near a bunch of rednecks like 
and they're going to see a hog out in the woods. And they're going to be like, hey, that might be a wild hog. And they're just going to shoot it. And then I'm going to be like, damn it, I, lo- I lost one. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's a thing that could happen. So, uh, you know, I did worry about it for the most part. But now they're the most successful thing that I found that keeps the, that slows them down was literally building a pallet fence. I I took a bunch of pallets and butted them and like and I I added this to an existing fence and did it on both sides. And it slowed it down. They still occasionally get out cuz they'll find that one weak board and when they find the weak board they can make their way through, but they like it it slowed it way down. And goats are assholes. They're great. Yeah. But they're assholes. Like they're they're complete. They want to be in your business, even though they have no business in your business, they can have the biggest mound of hay and all the treats in the world, and they're still going to walk up on your back porch and climb up on your back porch uh, dining table that you have and lay on top of it and stare at you. Yes, this is personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> I know goats are assholes. I got in a fight with one. I have a vendetta against this goat. Me and one that I bottle raised spar. <laughs> I have I took I took a uh, refrigerator handle and modified it to wear across my arm and we get out there and he headbutts that and I fight back with my arm. So it it oh yes, I know they're they're awesome. They're complete jerks sometimes, but they're so sweet. Like to be real with you, like my the little ones like that, they'll come and sit in your lap or hug up against you or whatever. I of all the goats that I've dealt with. I've only had one that never really cared for me, and she didn't care for me from the day that I got her. So I don't know what the humans prior to me did to her. Because again, it was one of those situations where you put that advertisement up there, and people are going to start calling you. They're going to be like, "Hey, do you got room to take this?" Whoa, hold on a minute. I do not need a bull. Like I don't have room for that. Sorry, bud. Oh well, I was going to give him to you. No, I'm good, bud. I definitely don't have room for him. <laughs> Shit. You have to have more land when you start getting into um, like any type of cattle. You have to have like one acre per cow. If yeah. You graze, you have to have one acre. Um, so everything minus like cattle, you could do on a you can do on a small farm. And cattle really doesn't work well with anything else in the pen with it. You can pretty much cohabitate. Uh, different animals together, except with cattle. I've seen some. I've seen some pretty mean donkeys in my in my life. But that's okay, though. You can train donkeys to be like guard dogs, almost in the same yeah. way. Believe it, or not, you can do alpacas and llamas the same way. You can actually train them to attack. I mean, my 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 dream, buddy. You you've heard me talk about this before. Is I need to get a fleet of emu because you know then I can stop at least the Australian government. So <laughs> we'll be all right. <clears throat> oh my god, they're so cute, though. Aren't they? They, they seem like they fuck you up, though. They will. <laughs> those feet. They're, they're like ostriches, almost. You know. Oh my gosh! I don't think we have seen any of those around here no it's that's it's too cold here yeah yeah it's mostly just cows up here and uh sheep a lot of wild animals though yeah um we got tons of deer moose there's elk turkey 
Um, Mountain lion. We're, the occasional we'll, bear. We'll never go hungry. That's no. for sure. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a plus. I mean, that, that because that's something that a lot of people. I think that's a lot of people's first fear when going into a situation like homesteading or something like that, or just, yeah, just in general, like a lot of people that I talk to, that's the first thing you hear about is how will I eat? And as somebody that's dealt with things before and met people that aren't even doing this, they're just doing like car living. Uh, Once you see that you can, you'll definitely eat every day, no matter what, like, I promise you, you'll always eat. There's always a way to find something to eat. So like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I try to encourage people to put the food aspect back into your mind and start learning some new skills because you're about to be able to make your own food like from start to finish. And I think that to me, that's like the best part. I mean, you, you spend all early, you know, late winter on my end, early spring, trying to get things planted and going. So that that shoot by the time april comes around you've already got berries so you know it's it's it it works out nice we've we've definitely got a longer growing season down here and it's common to have a to see a lot of winter growing down here there's a lot of greenhouses i'm making an attempt you're doing it too garden it is it's it's hit or miss i don't know I'm kind of like, I'm at the experimental stage to see what I can grow and what works here in the wintertime, but also at the same time, I'm seeing what I can grow based strictly on rainfall without watering it myself in the wintertime. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If you, if you just plant some garlic and potatoes, you'll be good come spring. Cabbage That's true. and spinach. Okay, cabbage and spinach. And get any garlic in. No garlic. Uh, potatoes. It might be too late up there where you are. I don't. The ground's probably frozen already. Here. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. No. We got a little bit left. <clears throat> a little bit. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go get in the river this weekend because it's supposed to be like 65. Dude, so. Man. What the? Ah oh, shit! Y'all need to stop. It was in the low 40s today. And that's where it's going to stay now until snow, ice, here in about two weeks, probably. Unfortunately. We're, supposed to, we're supposed to get some snow tomorrow night or tonight, tomorrow afternoon. Tonight through till five o'clock yeah. on Friday. Never mind. We're not, <laughs> we're not quite to that point yet, but I'm dreading it. So the older you get, the more you dread the cold weather. I, I did a stint in, in Buffalo. Denver and a few months in Alaska when I was a kid and I'm good on the cold like I, man I I I, I work three miles from my house in Buffalo and city life you guys are probably familiar with it is a lot different three miles that's a that's a decent afternoon walk to go to work oh, yeah you know what i'm saying like that's it's not too bad and i would walk to work most of the time that first winter i was up there and there's and i'm a little guy like and when i say i'm a little guy like i'm there's there's pictures of me you can see i'm kind of short i'm little little tiny fellow and the snow would be above my head you wouldn't even you wouldn't even see me trudging through the trail that somebody had dug and i'm just like i what am i doing i can't do this like no like <laughs> 
because uh, <laughs> I'm in Kentucky, he's in Georgia. We've actually met a couple of times. I've gone down there a couple of times. and we He went, went down the river with me. Just to make sure. I had to do this just to make sure he wasn't a fed. So Same thing. Yeah. Up, and uh, one of our the other co-hosts on here was actually there, and we met. So the only people that we re- – I mean, there's – the, the the weirdo up in New York City and the weirdo up in over in Cali are the big city folk that we haven't us country people haven't met up with yet. Uh, but we're working on it. It it is it would be quite the, it will be quite the feat to get us all together. But it it we might it might try. Oh, we're gonna try. we're gonna work it out one day. You should meet in the middle of the country somewhere or like right in the where would it even be in between like Missouri somewhere for all of you guys? That's what that's what oh, I'm I good. think we actually mentioned. We- I, think I mentioned a while ago that that is actually where like the middle meetup spot between all of us would be where it'd be like Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, like right up the middle. Oh, shit. wow, Oklahoma sounds terrible. <laughs> it is a terror. I've been there couple of times and it is terrible it really is oh terrible what is so bad about but, it, I, it but hey isn't that where hey jimmy isn't that where steven lives it is oh what's so bad about oklahoma there's nothing there's nothing there oh they have wheat that is not the place that you want to be maybe except the pan nah not even the panhandle i don't think you should yeah. just go to Texas. This was this was from our our, our friends meetup. As we can, <laughs> as I said, I'm a tiny little guy. So and yes, I do wear funny socks, shorts, and cowboy boots almost year round. <laughs> I love it. I dig it. I dig your style, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. You know, it, you know something something rang well with me, and when I was on your website and hanging out on your page and stuff, that I really kind of relate back to and it was where you guys were talking about how you chose your names and stuff like that and and you know i was just like i was just like you know i i I like that like i like how you're you know why why not choose your own everything and i'm just a bold little dude that seriously walks around like this in real life and people are just like Luis which is our guy in New York he calls it peacocking and I'm just like dude I'm not peacocking like this is literally just me I'm trying to break the system when you see a weird short little gremlin fellow running around in a pirate hat and cowboy boots you're, you you get noticed and you, and you stop the system for a second because people are like what the fuck is going on like what just walked by me <laughs> yeah that's why Vermin Supreme wears a boot on his head right He's a he's a good guy. Hey, I like yeah, Vermin. He is a, he's a very nice guy. He really is in real life. Yeah, like he's he's yeah. he, there's a whole show aspect to him and his handlers. I think that's what politically make him look. Um, I think it's a interesting show. Is I don't know if he, but I I but him himself. Oh man, him him himself is an old kickback, real deal hippie. Like you want to find yeah. you want to find a leftover hippie? It it's Vermin. Like, and it, but you know, I, I love the aspect that he does. I've always loved how he politically satires the satire that's in the political world that there is today. Like, he shows it for the show, it really is, though. I mean, as ridiculous as it really is, he shows politics for the sh- clown show, it really is, you know. 
that and that's I think that's what makes him genuine in some aspect. But yeah, I don't. I didn't know we were going to get into politics, but that could be all. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, it. Uh, you never know. With us, it'll it'll drift just about anywhere. Like you know, it really does. Whether you want to admit it or not, like politics does have a play in our daily life. Sure. Regardless of what your you know political ideolo- ideology really is, you know, whether you're an anarchist or a Democrat or a Republican, uh, politics plays a part in you know even be a small one in your daily life. You know. That's true. Oh, it's a it is a clown show, and I think, you know, regardless of who just goes out and just says, you know what, society is a show, and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Um, I think that is one of the main reasons why people do this is because they're tired of politics. They're tired of you know, listening to it every single day and being told what to do and how to do it and when to do it. And, you know, you've got to pay more taxes. You've got to have, you got to have, um, you got to have this piece of paper to do this. And I mean, I think people just get tired of it on a daily basis. And I, you know, that's what's pushing me more and more, you know, I got a few years yet where I'm at and then, man, I'm, the, the wife and I are set um, because we both have uh, the applicable skills necessary to just go get a raw piece of land and start everything from like nothing, you know, turn things back to the 18th century, you know, and I would be completely okay with it. You know, I've reached that age. I'm in my early forties now. I have, I've been all over the world. I've gone to college I've, you know, seen and done things all over the nation, all over the world. I've seen things, done things. I'm done doing that kind of stuff and, you know, would be absolutely happy to just live on 50 acres of like nothing and have no neighbors and wake up and go, has society collapsed yet? You know, and just not be able to just not care, you know, because everything that I need and want and desire is on that plot of land. That would be mine, you know. I, I yeah. you know that is totally. the American dream. You know, some people grind and grind and grind to get a, a live in a gated community and drive a nice four door Mercedes and uh, SUV and send their five kids to an Ivy League college, while building their entire personality around the political spectrum or their favorite sports teams or stuff like that. You know, twenty years ago, if you would have asked me, that's what I would have said. Now totally different totally different oh yeah five five years ago if you guys would have ran across bandit he would have probably had a maga hat and been talking about republicans voting the right person in it would have been a little bit farther out than that i had um radicalized into the you know anarchism um about six seven years ago i think yeah and then he and then he ran across me and I just completely ruined him. <laughs> yeah, probably five, six years ago. I was only a I was a uh, Republican, you know, God rest that guy's soul. Um I'm sorry. I, you know, because only because my parents were, you know, I, I really I didn't really know anything about it. I just said, Oh, I'm a Republican. 
you know, without actually understanding the, the whole thing. And then uh, a cousin of mine um, introduced me to libertarianism and I was libertarian for like six months. And then I went, this is ridiculous, man. And just, I became anarchist. Um, and I understand more about the anarchist lifestyle and what it really means to be an anarchist and what the real meaning is and put more thought and research into it than I ever did the 20, the, the 30 years I was a Republican, you know? Yeah. So, nice. I want to, I want to reel this back actually into like some of the, uh, the homestead stuff. What is the most challenging thing you two have run across since you started this venture? You think? Hmm. Oh man. I think uh, there's there's been a lot of things, but the weather out here. I know we were talking about it. It's it's so uh, not sporadic, but you just don't know what you're gonna get. Like it can change on a dime out here, especially in the summer when storms roll in and the winds. You get like 50, 60 mile an hour gusts, and you just gotta make sure things are tied down and um, hope you're there to do it. Like just dealing with uh, the weather change and what we can and can't do. Um, has been interesting and quite a challenge. Um, But what do you think? What about? No, I was definitely going to agree with you on the weather. I mean, before when we first came out here to see if we could live out here, it was a July before we actually moved out here, which was in November, October, November. It's been a year, something like that. And and (laughs) when we were here, just looking around, we literally just sat in the car by the park, and this huge weather cell just came in, just like winds buffeted the truck that we were in and just storm just came pouring on us in like i don't know 30 minutes it was gone we were like wow can we live in a place like this it's like yeah we can live in a place like this we'll be fine yeah that's that's one one thing that the first thing that came to mind but um yeah just that and i don't know just trusting that the animals know what they're doing and that they will tell you if they need anything and they do like if you pay attention and connect with your animals i know it sounds silly but no no talk with them yeah i'm sure you guys understand um talk with them understand them watch their little you know mannerisms what certain sounds mean and what how they react and just learning that too and trusting that and your intuition has what, been a big thing. What breed of chicken are you guys dealing with? Oh man, we got we, we have three um, or four actually. Buff okay. Orpington, uh, okay. Rock, Rhode Island Red, and we have a Golden Laced, Golden Laced Wine Dot. And she came to us um, as a free chick that we got with our meat birds. Um, nice. it, was, it was just a thing like they included, so we didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, and she grew into this beautiful hen that is she's gorgeous has the best personality and uh she follows you around yeah and she likes to be picked up and petted and she really likes human interaction very much so yeah we had a polish chicken a polish hen those are awesome those are amazing but it didn't they didn't survive very long because our other chickens were mean ass bitches um but she was the type of hen that would immediately greet you outside. It would come right up to the door of the pen and just like, Hey, are you going to pick me up and carry me around today? That's cute. I love that. Yeah, that was, 
what you, you get i think the thing that is so good with chickens is that they look to you they will follow you around and they will they they get into a routine and they expect you out there at a certain time of the day they'll be waiting for you and it does it, it really does it's there is a soothing aspect to having um farm animals whether it's goats Dude, I could just sit there and watch the goats eat hay all day. Like, oh, I'll yeah. be real with you. I could just sit there and watch that. Like, it is just, it's just the best. And listen to them. You know, there is a calming yeah. aspect to that, especially if you have <clears throat> a really nice garden like I do. Uh, you can sit out back and just enjoy. What's up, Kel? What's up, uh, Kel? You can sit out there and enjoy, uh, you know, the fruits of your labor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Bandit, it's so funny you mentioned routine. Mm. The chickens have started uh, venturing over to us every morning as we're eating breakfast, and we'll just hear knocks on the door. And they've, they've been coming to us every morning around the same time. As soon as I start eating breakfast, they're like, nope, let's interrupt and knock on the door. And I, I open it. I say hi. I'm like, all right, hey, I'll bring you some greens later. You know, just thanks for coming by. And then I'll close the door. But this has been consistent for like a week now. Um, <laughs> man, no, they, they, they get super, they get super consistent on their like habits. They're very habitual animals. Like you can, you will have them so trained that, that eventually it'll turn into them training you because they're going to make sure that you're on time for that, letting them, whether it's letting them out or putting water in their thing or, you know, like mine are, mine are good about being ready to go when the right before the sun comes up out of the coop to get out and run around. And as the sun's going down, the rooster does a very good job at gathering every chick and getting them back into the coop before the end of the night. And that's, that's a lot of chicks. Like, I mean, I can make around in the middle of the night. I'll probably see one or two that flew up into a tree that didn't make it back into the coop before it closed up. But I don't, I don't, it was never really a worry. The worst thing I had was an owl that, is a duck murderer i don't know what it is about this owl but it loves to scoop up ducks it doesn't scoop up anything else it takes ducks and i was like no i can't be seeing that i'm crazy and then i witnessed it one night and i was like no no i'm not i'm not crazy like the owl is totally taking these ducks so <laughs> it it is yeah. good yeah, I mean, I guess I can't argue with them. I did want to, um, you know, the folks at home, of course, are all familiar with our buddy here that's part of the show. This is our our other co-host, Kel. I'm glad he actually could finally join in with us. Kel, this is Legs and Buffalo. They're, uh, hey, Legs Buffalo. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You're okay, bud. They're, uh, you know, I'm, you know, it's 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 a little hard to tell, but you know, me and Kel are twins. Like we're 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 totally yeah, twins. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, like he's. That's that's my brother over there, man. He's a good guy. He's 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 down in Florida. He's he's in he's still in kind of the city life himself, but I know he's got the same aspirations as the rest of the folks that are out here with us and wants to end up on his own little chunk of land doing his own thing too, probably with the rest of us. He we all we all discuss it all the time, saying that we all just need to gather together and yeah, build our own community. Cause yeah. at this point, that's the best thing I think any of us could really do is is build an opposite to the crumbling current one like you know it, that's something we we talk a lot about on here some of our show sponsors and our friends that come on here that we've dealt with are all people 
building a better tomorrow. They're trying to become either more self-sufficient or build an alternative option to things. My, I got a really young, uh, super intelligent young man. That's a, now he's now a regular on the show and he lives close to me, but he has made a machine out of a microwave that turns plastic into gas and it, and it works like he he did a he did a live stream the day that he got it to work inside of a uh like a weed eater or whatever and like this you know it's stuff like that that's the future because this is something you could build in your own yard and i'm gonna give a shout out to julian because he's he's now 19 but he was an 18 year old kid that did all of his own studying he is self-educated and built his built this machine and figured out how to even he's even doing the uh distilling part of it so that he can make it into either clean gas or diesel holy cow oh, shit. yeah you know we're talking we're talking gas to power vehicles and generators what kind of gas yes okay. yes nice well what he does is he's um the the what he really wants to do with this is uh ocean cleanup landfill cleanup just cleanup in general because of the amount of plastic um, he's actually taken food waste and done the same thing and created natural gas and created out of food waste out of uh, microwaves. He harvested microwaves out of uh, the uh, I don't remember what I don't know what you call it. I'm not the technical. Type, it's, it's, it's his microwave pyrolysis machine and he yeah. and he and he feeds it whether it's plastic or true matter now. He's learned that with food waste that he could create he, he learned with food waste he could create natural gas with computer chip waste he can create diesel and with all day average um like plastic bottles and jugs and stuff like that he's turning it into as he is quoted plastiline and 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 it does work like he is he's he's finally tested he tested it on a live actually um, and had like 5 million viewers and he put it inside of a weed eater and a lawnmower and the stuff fires right up. You know, it's, it's beautiful. And, and as somebody that's into the homesteading community ideas, like you guys are, I think that's an amazing to me personally. I thought it's an amazing thing. Like it'd be great to be able to take some of that plastic trash that I can't really do anything with, or don't need to repurpose at the time and have something that I could, make some gas for the house you know for the generator with or for you know just backup or something it'd be good to have i'm sure you guys are, you know like i'm i'm blessed there's not a store too far from the house but like my work partner for example the closest store to his house is like 12 miles and nice. that's the closest gas station and so you know if you're in a situation and you can't make it those 12 miles to get gas well you know you're you're in trouble and and I think something like that at home would be amazing. And he is, he's made, he made it out of scrap microwaves. And now that me and him are buddies or whatever, I've been like, Hey man, anytime you need more microwave parts, you just come to me. Cause we got a whole junk truck full of them. <laughs> right. JB, tell him, tell him, kill, kill said to not publicize right now until he critique everything because you know, they um, dude, bro, um, Luis has actually got him hooked. Killers. Luis actually got him hooked up with um, some mainstream people that are that are doing this on a larger scale, like the out of out of Sweden or something. Like this is a uh, is is innovative and worried because me and Bandit have felt the same way about this, and you know asked Julian how he felt about being so innovative, and since they're actually doing it on a mainstream level, 
he's smarter than any of them that are there and he's about to show them how to do it like nice. <laughs> like he's he's about to be something important i think but stuff like that you know really gets back to me and and i'm not trying to we've ventured off into so many different things and that's how the show rolls i, I do apologize if anybody's off no, about it good. you know but no, i did good. want to go back when we were talking about the hardest thing you've come across now i wanted to ask you what was something that you thought was going to be super hard into homesteading but it turned out you could do it without even trying mm. <laughs> oh boy that is a great question i know um, what it, i know what it is for you water bath canning it's like yeah like <laughs> pretty much everything i've like been avoiding preserving food like preserving <laughs> food in general so, so you avoided it and then it turned out you could do it That's yeah i was i was just yeah i was so like worried about you know not doing it right and botulism and uh getting people sick from from doing it and from not doing it right and it's just so easy to do i mean you're you're boiling this thing in a glass that depending on what you use you know um, for hot water bath canning, mostly acidic foods is what you're going to want to steer towards. But um, yeah, it's so easy. It's so easy to do. And I love doing it. It's a lot of work. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, the prep work is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy prep work. But uh, I canned a bunch of um, apples. We have a couple of apple trees on the property. Um, I canned pretty much all the apples from both those trees. And then before that, I didn't can any of those. I just turned those into pie. But yeah, we had a we have a plum tree on the property. Oh, I can oh. some of those plums, and um, I can't wait to taste those again because those are amazing. They're great. But um, yeah, that that's one thing. Preservation, food preservation. What what about uh what about you, Buffalo? Was there anything that you were that you procrastinated on and then turned out you were uh, pretty good at it? Yeah, I guess like putting shit together yeah. um building shit building shit like our our chicken run we went the cheap route and i was like oh i'll buy some shamazon product that will <laughs> will probably won't last and it didn't the first snow came down and it chicken coop like it collapsed on the chicken coop but thankfully yeah. didn't kill any of the chickens they were all good so we had to demolish it and start from like nothing so i think i looked up a couple videos and i saw some plans but i didn't know what i needed to do and i basically I don't know. I just bought a bunch of two by twos, some uh, pressure treated two by fours, and I put together a run that literally sits over top of the coop. It's an A frame. It's an A frame run, and now we don't have snow. Is not a problem because it just slips right off of it. And I mean, I guess I'm okay at putting stuff together. Yeah, he built this thing, and it 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 worked out. And your best friend is pallet wood. Oh yeah. You can build a chicken. There was you will need nothing else, only pallets. I built I built a my uh, chicken coop out of free pallets, and it houses eight chickens. It I, that's your best friend. Some chicken wire, some tea steaks, and free pallet wood. Where can one acquire pallet wood? Oh, so. Where I mean, it you, what you need to do. Okay. This is why you need to find some of them groups on Facebook. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Then we were talking about these farm groups. Go ask. You mm -hmm. just go ask. Like your tractor supply, uh, rural kings, farming fleets, fleet farms, uh, any of your tractor supply feed stores. Um, right. Any, any places like that, Lowe's, Home Depot, go ask them. 
usually they'll have the huge roll-off dumpsters out back that will be full of pallets that they are sending to the dump and ask them, hey, can we get five, 10, 20? And believe it or not, this is not a, people like put a stigma on this, but in certain places, uh, we'll throw away perfectly good stuff. You know, check up your state laws about dumpster diving and whether or not it's legal. And nine times out of ten, believe it or not, Great advice, ben. as long as there's no no trespassing sign and it's not locked, and you you can actually just go get pallets for free. That's a good idea. I I forgot what I was listening to. Um, some homesteading podcast, but the gentleman was talking about um, going to local restaurants and talking to them about any waste. extra food waste that they have. And you can use that to feed your animals, you know, your chickens, your hogs. Um, yeah, making making friends with your local restaurant and and, and your grocer. If you can make yes. friends with your uh, with your produce manager, he is going to have so much waste for you, and it's 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 quite amazing. I'm I'm definitely somebody that pushes that. I back to the finding pallets on the marketplace too. Though I found a fellow down here in my area. I, I don't know where he's getting them from or what kind of gig he's running, but he sells them to me for a dollar a pallet. Oh, you can't beat it. And <laughs> and he and he'll and and every time I get him to come see me, I'm like, I need forty dollars worth of pallets, and I still, you know, I I, I tip the man because I'm just like, dude's bringing me forty pallets, and he'll even unload them and stack them for me, and I'm just like, well, here's another forty for doing it for me. Like I appreciate that, but like, yeah. Still two. That's still two dollars a pallet, and that's that's way underpriced compared to everybody else. And some of them, some of them might be missing a a, a slat or two. But like, okay, <laughs> we we can we can work with that. And he's right though. Like the pallet wood, that stuff saved me so many times. Not will be uh, a term called upcycling, not yeah. necessarily recycling, but upcycling, taking something that was previously something else and using it for something totally not what it was designed for or taking something that most people would be like this is broken i'm gonna throw it out figuring out can i use this can i use something off of this for something else that i need that is going to be one of your the best things that you can get used to doing in a situation oh, yeah. like Oh yeah, for sure. We we've reused and used it over and over again scrap wood that was been like laying around here from construction projects. And we use some of the scrap wood in the A-frame that we put together. I think the only reason why we went out and got some new stuff was just because all the scrap wood we had is just terribly, terribly warped. It's been exposed to just terrible weather from last winter and then the start of this winter. So it's like, okay, let's start fresh with something. I mean, it it costs virtually what it's actually cheaper than than building a coop, but we put it over top of the current coop. So now we technically have a coop over top of the coop. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the other coop that's actually inside, take that out of there in the spring. That's going to be for a new flock of chickens. And this one, we're going to build nest boxes and make it all nice and good for this flock. And they'll just have a bigger, more open coop. So now we've upcycled the old one and we've repurposed it for the new flock and we'll put a run around that one and it'll 
Yeah. You know, we'll build that flock up. We want to kind of breed those chickens because they're going to be a different kind of, uh, you know, breed. But yeah. Yeah. No, no, I totally get that. I want to, I want, I had, I got lucky and had one of those metal carports on the property and turned it into a giant chicken coop. I built, I, I built walls around it with pallets and just scrap wood. And then, and then took a, took a bunk bed frame and, altered the bunk bed frame to hold car tires and that was my that was like where the chickens slept and they also laid in all the car tires that was that so cool their nesting boxes were car tires and I got, because like when i moved when i moved on this was one of those deals that i moved on a piece of property that you get it how it comes and the grass was taller than me and the I started finding time. We, we brought a whole ass tractor out there to clean up the yard around the house. And we had to stop every 10, 15 foot to move cinder blocks or tires or Lord knows what trying to get this place cleaned up. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, but I was just like, well, I don't, you know, I got this pile of trash, but a lot of the stuff you can't really just throw away, you know? So I was like, how can I reuse it? And that's, I, I the chickens even had a, t- tire swing hanging from inside there like and i wanted i wanted to build another section though like a so section it off to get just breeding chickens like i like i want to breed want to do like a specific breed and keep that breed going just for like the sale of breeding chickens or for that specific kind of egg not mixed in with everything else because lord knows that that rocco that rocco loves all of his hundred something ladies so (laughs) Everybody, it's just strange how this was the norm at one time until the Rockefellers, everybody set up the system of working in factories for money. Uh, This was normal, what we're talking about now. Um, But now today it's taboo. How do you think think our grandparents made it through the Great Depression? They were living off of the stuff they had. And and, and was more healthier, you know, more healthier. Lifespan was longer. Uh, less dentists, no cancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Totally. Like, totally. You know, you guys, you guys are into. I've seen on, you know, of course, on your website as well. Which you guys, again, that are out there listening and watching, you, you know, that I'll have the links for you to get back and find these guys. But I'd seen where you guys were talking about, you know, like connecting back to nature and spirituality and stuff. And these are also aspects that we get into over here on our show as well. Like we're. Kel Kel is definitely one of my spiritual specialists and he's introduced me to quite a few people that I've had on the show to talk about that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm married to a witch, so I totally understand. Which which with a W. Yeah. That's a, that's a a positive thing. Like which with a W not the B word. (laughs) She really, she really, she, she really is a, she really is a witch though. Like I tell people all the time and they look at me funny and I'm just like, no, that's a good thing though. Cause like she, she knows how to take all of these different herbs and plants and fruits and mix them together properly and heal whatever you got going on. Like we, we have three kids and sure just like every anybody else with kids kids are walking disease-filled little monsters uh, and, and yeah you know and they're constantly constantly sniffling constantly coughing yada 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 but like they'll be the first ones to go up to the playground and bring something back from school kids you know what i'm saying and oh, yeah absolutely and and 
but we don't worry about it here. Why? Because mom can make us an awesome tea. And it's not a problem. Like it's it's it the problem goes away. And people people don't seem to understand that a lot of the things you go buy in the store are literally just band-aids. Like they're just there to cup to mask a symptom, to cover up your right. sniffy nose, to stop your suppress your cough or whatever. Treat it, where, they treat it. Yeah, where where this tea cancels the problem. It gets in there and you know makes a big difference and stuff. And then on top of that. You know, I like to see in the connection back to the spirituality aspects of that because, you know, she's big into that aspect of things too. And on top of doing your tea and stuff, you need your, you need all your stuff aligned, all your spiritual chakras uh, aligned. Chakra centers. And, yeah. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and, and I, I've always been a fighter myself when it comes to, I guess, sick or the flu or anything like that like i'm being around animals and stuff like that it's never really been a problem but it's always good to have her in in the back corner with her stuff and that's uh, i was blessed to have come across and come across her again in my life and you know be together or whatever because she has a lot of these that's same yeah she has a lot of these same thoughts that that you know a lot of people else do everybody's just like oh it's it's a crazy rock crystal lady that's talking about astrology and it's just like yeah but not the astrology that you think bro because western astrology is garbage like or you know like like what we have is tainted nonsense and the stuff that she gets into really makes a difference like it really it it goes to show you how all of that old world stuff that people are like, Oh, we're, we're technology technologically advanced past that is really the, really the better route at the end of the day. It is a better route. The more, the more connected you are to earth, the better it seems to go. And longevity. And Jay, when I was younger, growing up in the seventies, when I got a cut, grandma told me, boy, go get some of that that spider wheel underneath my auntie's house was big, a lot of spider wheels, right? And grandma would get, I would get a bundle of it and spin it on a stick and grandma would take it. And that's the bandage. And it stopped the bleeding too, right? And I had the fever real bad that none of the medicine that mama was giving me. Grandma would say, Gene, my mama named Gloria Jane, she said, Gene, take him to the bathroom. They took me to the bathroom. I was so weak, right? Grandma said, make him piss on his rat. Urine therapy. Urine therapy. You could drink it too. And it's healing. I know it sounds bizarre. Don't. Please research it before you think I'm crazy. They washed my face with, with my own urine on my rag and put me back in the bed. When I woke up the next morning, that fever had broke, bro. Mm-hmm. So just, just those experiences when I was younger, the, you know, the home remedy thing with the natural earth. Um, and even the Bible say, um, drink water from thy own systems, right? It's a passion. So that got me intrigued as I grew up about home. And, and let me tell you something, it's vanishing. The 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 tech the the techniques that the older people have by nature that they ain't putting in books and passing down through the generations we're losing that knowledge so um, we must grab it every chance we get because that's what the pharmaceutical business is that what they want they want us to forget about the the, the natural healing and you're right JB it's more healthier for the human body to use stuff that's out of the earth there's certain teas that can heal a cure headache. You know, I'm, I met a Argentina woman. I used to, I, I used to live, she used to live up on the hill above me. She was 102. 
she died she died three days after her 103rd birthday and i asked her one day when i used to go sit on the porch with her and smoke weed with her because she was a very big advocate for smoking a joint and and i i love sitting with old really older people and listening to their stories and listening to the things that they have to say and i asked her one day i said so so you know 102 how'd you make it this far and she straight up told me that a shot of whiskey and a joint a day is the reason that she's made it this far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she and found the secret. I do have a question. You know what my grandma gave me for like uh, a tonic day when I was sick well, on my dad's side? A shot of like liquor, honey, and lemon juice. That concoction right there. And I was a baby, you know. If and I ever feel a scratchy throat, that's my first go-to. Yeah. Yeah. Benny, you said you had a question. Um, what do you have any like? Because I I have a problem. I was just surfing your Instagram. Um, do you have any secrets to your uh, sourdough starter? Oh my gosh. Okay, the starter. Mine has died. Okay, mine did not work out. Eight of the nine times I've done it. Okay, I I started it. This was my first go at attempting a starter, and it did not work out. And I think it was because of the temperature issue, and uh, it was just too cold. Room temperature. Just the room temperature. I think it wasn't uh, warm enough, and I I need to keep it near some kind of heat source. Um, it was suggested to use. Um, you know those growing mats that are heated that you can put seedlings on? Oh you can put your starter on that. I've got a, a, a heating mat that can go in. Uh, we, had, we used to have a bearded dragon. Mm. Oh. You can try. I've, someone that. told me to try that, and uh, I have yet to do it. But I'm also going to weigh things out and do it properly instead of just kind of estimating. Yeah. Scale. Yeah, you got heat lamps too that you could set the timer yeah. to. I think a heat heat. I've got a couple of heat lamps that we used for the chicks and the baby ducklings. Uh, those get way too hot. This is why you were talking about that, wasn't it? I found it. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I have got to ask them because I am, I am an avid baker. I know. I am an avid baker. I can bake anything and I can cook anything I can and I am the pictures of the bagels he made made me want to drive seven hours just to go get a bagel oh my gosh I remember that bandit I remember that my soft twist pretzels oh my gosh my pizzas are amazing yeah man nice yeah and but see that is that is something that you have to nurture if you want to get if you expect to get out and get there and and do these kind of things you have to know how to cook with natural ingredients you have to know how to cook the old way and Mm -hmm. if you want to get if you want to get away from that um highly processed food that they're they're putting you with um Mm -hmm. you know um i'm even like i i have dry canned and water bath canned um like anything we can get our hands on um 
flour is uh, like a commodity that like bought at the store uh, is not designed for long-term storage, believe it or not, it's, it's especially in like the wrong temperatures and stuff like that. But on the other hand, on the flip side, you can buy wheat berry, which in turn you can store long-term and grind it as you go. And it is actually, I've heard if you bake a lot of bread and stuff like that, it is actually better to grind it yourself because um, when they bleach it, whether you buy unbleached or bleached, a lot of that nutrients that is in the grain is gone when they grind it uh, at, at like the industri industrial level. So mm -hmm. if you grind it at home yourself, you still retain all of that for the bread if you bake it. You guys, Bandit, I got a question for you right quick, Bandit. Like, um, I recently found out that the cooking oils, a lot of it wasn't healthy and not pure at all. What, what type of cooking oil terrible for you? Recommend? Beef tallow. Heard that. Okay, I right, say that again. Uh, I get that from you later on, JB. What name? Say it again. Beef tallow. Yeah, beef tallow isn't bad for you, but vegetable oil here and there isn't bad for you. It's when you get into like uh, canola, canola oil is terrible for you. I didn't know that until recently. Even grapeseed oil, grapeseed oil and canola oil are bad for you. Avocado oil is really good to cook with. Olive oil, olive oil, olive oil uh, is, is good to cook with, but um, canola oil is the... If you can steer clear of any of the oils, canola oil is the one you want to steer clear of. The most, yeah. We, use, we use cook, chicken fat. I was going to say, we cook with uh, nothing but butter, grass fed, oh, like raw butter. butter. We're, we're fortunate enough to have that. They, you know, they, they did a good job there tricking everybody and telling everybody that that, sh that fat was doing to us what sugar yeah. did yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. butter. We stock up on butter uh, like any time that there's a sale on it, we'll buy it. And if we can't, it's actually now it's cheaper to buy like your heavy cream and uh, separate it yourself, which I have done and I love to do because then I can make like a garlic butter. I can make like I my herb garden this year did phenomenal. So I, I've got like I can do rosemary basil butter. I, his name, his name, his name fleets me at the t right off the top of my head, but it's an old, it's a older dark skinned fellow that, um, and it's not Dr. CV, but it's, it's a guy that's kind of like him, but he, he, long hair. he, he does have long hair. Was it Dr. Africa? Is it Dr. Africa? It, it might be Dr. Africa, but he, he, I, I just remember at an interview, he was talking about how. Modern in modern times, we don't really deep fry anything anymore. We just boil it in oil because to deep fry it, you've got to like actually have like the animal fat, like the lard or something, to actually lard. be able to deep fry something. And you know, I'm 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 big into doing like the old school stuff like that too, as far as trying to avoid the seed oils. Um, a, a recent thing that I've found in the past year that I've been trying to bring awareness to is coffee creamer. There are so few coffee creamers that are actually made with cream. So many of them are made with oil. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. you are just drinking oil. You are just drinking flavored oil. And it's and it's messed up because that's 
you know the the change to doing the seed oils not only oh, there sure. but like your your potato chips and stuff like that are all cooked in these seed oils now because it's supposed to be safer but that's that's what's making us sick and i've seen i've i have i have seen visually myself people that turn back to earth for their food know where their source is coming from whether it's doing it themselves or sourcing into local farmers get rid of not only cancer but made diabetes not a thing anymore and uh, other other ailments that were that were you know ailing them you know like there's people don't realize that if you having a stench when you're working from sweating that's that's actually that's not good that's a cause for attention yeah that's a cause that's a cause for attention and that's a health issue and when you really get to the root of it 99 percent and i'll say this i don't care but 99 percent of america's health issues are rooted in the garbage on the shelves Mm-hmm. That's, that's by design uh, that's the attack we, we, we had war oh sure us sure, sure. The silent me, war now. me and bandit talk about this he pointed this out to me and i never really took it into aspect until he pointed it out but when you do actually go into a grocery store the thing on the, the stuff on the outside are closer to real than anything down those aisles everything down those aisles have yeah you know, the aisles. Quickest access, right when you walk in the front door, everybody shoots through the aisles yep. real quick yep. to get out of the grocery store, and they're not buying food. Yep. And and I, I seen where a guy pointed out to me. He said that he said that it's a it's a brain cell challenge for every yep. for every ingredient you can't pronounce, it's killing a brain cell. Yep. And you kill that many brain cells depending on the ingredients. If you didn't think about it. Next time you go into a grocery store, whether, you know, whatever grocery store you decide to visit and like, I think I'll take, you have to go to a major chain one, but take um, a a go through the center and then go along the outside wall and compare what you're buying. It really is. People want, um, it's the, uh, and I was like, yeah, Fight Club is the best when it comes to stuff like that. Everything is single serve. Everybody is so quick to just buy single serving everything. You know, mm-hmm. they want convenience of yeah. like, um, I don't want to cook tonight. I want to throw something in the oven, you know, and, and water put in the throw it into the oven, not realizing how what they're actually doing to, to themselves, you know. And cooking on nonstick pans. Oh my God. Because people don't know how to cook on stainless steel. People don't know how to cook on cast iron. Oh, cast iron. People don't know how to season cast iron anymore. People don't know how to take the time to preheat a stainless steel. Don't wash my cast iron in your dishwasher. I will get you. Man, I'll kill you if you. Man. I tell you, when I was younger, I grew up in South Florida in a town called Lake Placid, Florida. Orange groves, mangoes, sugarcane, pineapples, all this is like a paradise, right? The oranges don't taste the same today as they once did now. So, like, I recommend all the listeners and everybody on the panel, you already know this, but collect the seeds. Get to get the oranges that got seeds and save seeds, you feel me? 
um, they don't want us to save seeds, but they are saving the seed. They got a seed bank vote. Banks, they got all this. multiple, multiple. Bridge. Uh, I think I've got about two hundred thousand seeds. How did your How did your grapes turn out this year, buddy? I didn't. I didn't really collect this year. I kind of let my grapevine go to seed. But they did well. They finally it fruited really nice this year. But I kind of let it go. Um, gonna collect next year though. But with, is it, is it hard getting the? Is it, hard, is it hard getting them to, to sprout? Is it hard getting them to... Uh... You have to, uh, when you grow a grapevine, um, it'll get to a size to where you think it's going to flower out and produce grapes, but it takes 10 years for a grapevine to mature enough to produce fruit. And we're talking about the stuff line, the big grape. We moved into the house and um, I didn't discover the grapevine until I started clearing because they let their garden overgrow and it was really disappointing. They let their garden overgrow and just go, everything just go to waste. And I cleared out everything and I'm like, what is this? They let it grow on the fence. They didn't build an arbor or a pergola or anything like that for the, they just let it grow on a chain link fence. And I cleared it away and I'm like, oh my God, I've got a grapevine. I got to do something about this. So I built, I built a uh, an arbor. Yeah, I guess I built an arbor. I built an arbor for it, and man, when it hit the sunlight uh, the year after I cleared the uh, the fence line, it it hit the sunlight and just overtook. Oh, and man. it took a few years to bear fruit, but yeah, they're the real uh, tart. It's got the sweet skin, but the tart inside, and it's got seeds. So oh, I man. think we'll be making. Uh, next year which which you know you you were pointing out the seeds kel and you know we're talking about that with the seeds but like i i implore you folks out there listening and watching and anybody else that's here even on the episode today next time you are in the grocery store find the seeds find the grapes with seeds in them good luck yeah they really are it's hard to find you know, you know, it really is hard. It, it's it, and you know, there is there is points to that and stuff. You know, and I, I've always seen where they're talking about making things, you know, seedless and stuff like that. And oh, it's for your safety and blah blah blah. And it's like, no, dude, like you're, that is not for my safety. Like I, I I've never understood how do you get how do you get fruit that comes from a seed that doesn't produce that don't that don't have seeds like how how like what factory are you making this in bro because there's no way that, that you're growing this somewhere <laughs> and it's strange they be how they were subsidizing the farmers to not farm oh yeah they were subsidizing the farmers to not farm brothers and sisters well what was that bennett well, no, when they make things seedless or uh the seeds that do come from like fruits and veggies they make them sterile Mm-hmm. Like, make it so that it's you can't grow but that's why, one of the reasons why they're doing that is they're taking your ability to grow stuff away from you absolutely good luck nature always nature always prospers you know that's that is with all the stuff we've talked about and i know there's always you know there's always bad in the world i do like to point out two things one humans have been through a fuck ton of stuff if you go through history and if it's one thing i can say is that they always prosper in the end regardless of the tyrannical measures put on them regardless of the hell and brimstone that's thrown at them humans 
still come out triumphant in the end. And number two is that nature always wins. They can try all they want, but I promise you that dandelion's still going to sprout through the concrete. They're going to prolong. That's how they can't stop. Yeah, you you know you can you can you can impose on it, but look how quick nature takes back over. Uh, You know, as as I I travel a lot, and um, uh, you know, installing appliances, you see a lot of new builds, and you pass a lot of old builds, and you can tell when something's been abandoned you know you, when you're just riding down the road because look how quick nature takes that piece of property back over and that you know that i think is is an amazing thing because at the end of the day with all the worries in the world i can at least i can at least go to bed and know that mm-hmm. it's cool we're gonna have another we'll have another shot at this again like you know i challenge you, I challenge you Jay, next time you see something like that don't see it with your eyes feel it yeah. when you see it, it, it it's art I mean, it's so beautiful. I, I can't explain it, but when you feel something, nature taking back over something and claiming it, um, I can't even put it in words, but I can feel it. Um, and it's beautiful. Um, it's a sign of like um, decay and growth at the same time. It's like a paradox, but at the same time, um, for us uh, conscious seekers, uh, conscious uh, truth seekers, it's beautiful because like we know we need the earth. They cutting down trees from to make lawn yards. Like we don't need trees at all, you know, right. to sell wood. You know, um, they don't preserve. I don't, I don't even know if they plant what they're taking back. You're supposed to plant X amount of trees. But I want to make this point, Jay, before I uh, stop this point. Right? Yeah. Whatever we're doing, and everybody on the panel, I love what y'all doing because I'm learning information from you guys. Don't forget to put the healing thought into whatever you're doing. That's right. The chicken coop, and don't forget to put the healing thought into the chicken coop. Banning your bakery, don't forget to put the healing thought into it, because that activates whatever we're doing and, and blesses it and heals your body also. The thought playing into whatever you're doing, whether you're building a chicken coop, you put that thought into it, it gonna, the chicken's going to prosper. Because we are the healers and our, our mind activate everything activated by mind. Love it. I love it, Kel. No, that's right. That's true. I always whisper into my drink of water oh, or milk before I take a drink. And, you know, as I'm cooking, I, I try to make sure I'm in a good mood. If yeah. I'm like off or I don't, I'm not feeling it, then I just, I won't do it because I know my food is not going to taste as good. So I, I totally, totally agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. They don't have, they don't make movies and commercials to tell us that anymore. You hardly ever see that about how powerful we are with our perception. They don't want us to know that. They want us to feel powerless. Take this, uh, this is gonna heal you, and this, uh, this is a placebo pill. <laughs> you healing yourself. <laughs> what you got up there, Bandit? What's up? I thought you were about to say something, or were you talking to your munchkins in the background? It's my mun- my munchkins running around in the background. I totally understand that. You know, this this I think this has been a fantabulous episode. I have really enjoyed you guys. I hope we didn't I hope we didn't talk you guys to death or you know I, I really hope you guys felt welcome on this one because we really like you guys and I do look forward to having you back on the show again because this has been oh, yeah this has been super awesome. You guys are my kind of people. So, awesome. Oh man, I did have one more question though before you got off. You know, you you made mention that you're around a lot of Mormons and stuff. Do you guys? subscribe to the mormon thing or no just out no. of curiosity <laughs> no i i was i was born 
in the Mormon church and I was baptized when I was eight. Um, we stopped going when I was about 10. I have never gone back to Mormon church. I, I have no plans to go back to them, but they're very nice people. And I don't mind being yeah, neighbors yeah. with them. And my sure. a lot of my family is still Mormon, which is, you know, that's cool too. If that if that helps them, I'm glad it helps the, them. The Mormons and the Amish, I have never had a problem with yeah. because they don't want to mess with nobody either. Like they they might be into some interesting stuff that ain't for me, but like more power to you, you know. Like I, I agree with what you just said there. You know, if that's what makes you makes you feel safe about it, then Hey man, go for it. I've I subscribe to the uh, the, the 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 DMT the DMT creatures are totally the dudes that I talk to, and you know they're they're the guys with the right answers and totally the same things that all the spiritual people were seeing throughout all the years. Like much as people don't want to admit it or even want to believe it, a lot of these spiritual stories and and things that people talk about throughout the years were totally shaman shaman type people tripping balls on some form of some kind of hallucinogen and had an epiphany and i you know i i like we advocate for that kind of stuff over here i'm a very big advocate for mushrooms if luis was here he'd go into a dmt spell right now because he he likes to talk about that and stuff too and it's it you know i'm not i'm not i'm not out here saying go out there and do tons of drugs but i i do feel that every now and then every couple months or so you totally need a mushroom reset like yes. it, you know, it does so great to eat some mushrooms and just go walk into the woods i said not what goes into me is the powder man right but they don't believe in that but then they go into a liquor store and buy what we call spirits yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure you're right no you're right and it's, and it's altering and it's, it's it's like a possession you know what you got Vanda? Okay, so my, my only closing thought was, do you have any regrets about doing what you're doing? About leaving anything behind, anything you left behind? Do you, do you regret doing it? Do you have any regrets whatsoever? No. If you asked me that question like a few months ago or before spring hit, I probably would have answered differently. But I've been working on that and just the whole, I felt so guilty for the longest time for just leaving family behind, um, just completely dropping a career that I worked towards, you know, just this 180 on my life. And I, I wasn't the same person. Like towards the end of that, even before we left, I was not the same person. I just, different mindset, different goals. And uh, some people did not understand that. And I kind of just, let them be, you know, not so much pushed them away, but with that being said, I had a lot of guilt with that. And uh, I don't have any. Did you feel, regrets. Did you feel outcasted? Did it make you feel outcasted because of the 180? Yeah, more so like, what's your problem? Like, you used to like these things and, and you just don't like them anymore. Like, almost like they were offended for some reason that I was a different person and that I, my, the things I used to like, I just don't anymore. And yeah, and I couldn't have conversations with them anymore if it wasn't about, you know, TV shows, what's, what's on Netflix. And I, it just wasn't interested. I'm not interested in that anymore. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I worked on that, I worked on myself, um, the understanding that it's okay to leave things and certain people behind if they're not going to service you anymore in terms of just like pumping you up and 
having an open mind to new things in your life. And uh, yeah, but I don't have any regrets. Yeah. Not anymore. I, there was a time that I was like, oh man, I really miss this burger place or this place, you know, like the Mexican food, food because I love Mexican food. I'm half Mexican. I know I don't look it, but man, I love Mexican food, but we have the best food now um, in our kitchen. And it's even better than even just going and getting like a burger from the burger shack here or whatever. I would much rather sit in our kitchen and eat a light meal than, or a heavy meal. (laughs) Sometimes she makes some really great pot pies, but I would love to eat our food rather than eat out somewhere. Cause I know it's going to enrich my soul. It's not just going to enrich my belly. Yeah. Cause you get like, you actually, you taste the fruits of your, like what, what you put into it, you know, that's cooking is, you know, one of the most important things that as a family person you can do for your family is to yeah. cook a that is 100%. because like so many years ago I, I i didn't know anything about it you know and once i started getting like right down to it and like learning everything i could about it i mean your your personality changes it really does i agree totally. yeah yeah i love it Coco, you got any closing thoughts or questions you have? Uh, no, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I really regret it. I came late, Jay, because I missed a great show here and great information. Um, um, I'm just glad to be a part of it. I'm glad I did come on instead of saying, ah, oh, it's too late to come on. I jumped on them. And I'm glad I did because it was enriching. Bandit, what I, uh, and, 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 and um, I didn't get the names again. Of, of, Legs and of, Buffalo. Legs and Buffalo and even JB and the inventors. This was very informal. Uh, I'm glad I did come on. That I didn't have any closing thing. I just wanted to commend everyone uh, about the information. Well, I did I I did want before we close out and we get around to that stuff, and I, I want you guys to give some plugs and stuff. I, I had one more question that I'd like for you to actually explain. I think I already know the answer from hanging out on your site and stuff, but I'd like to, for you to totally explain this to the listeners and watchers. Where did you come up with legs and Buffalo? Oh man. Do you want to, do you want to go first and say where I got my name? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you go first. Cause it kind of okay. leads into mine. Yeah. Okay. Well, his his name I gave him is Buffalo Rambler, and uh, Buffalo because he appreciates that creature and and just loves the buffalo. And then the Rambler part I kind of added to that um, because we were on a hike one day, um, beautiful Southern California, um, not so much near the ocean, but it was. It was pretty close. Um, wonderful hike. And we got there early sunrise. We took some mushrooms and uh, went and climbed a peak. And it was just amazing. But the whole time, this man was just rambling, just just talking. Just he would not. <laughs> I didn't shut the fuck up. It wasn't It wasn't anything bad or it wasn't annoying. He just, he just, just kept on. Yeah, he just had something yeah and it was it was good stuff i felt everything (laughs) i needed to talk about everything and feel it all at the same time yeah so i was like man you're a rambler 
you're you're a buffalo rambler and it, and it just it just stuck I so that's where that. his that's where his name came from <laughs> Her, hers is very similar i was also on mushrooms we were <laughs> we were on a hike and uh it was hot it was actually pretty hot so she was wearing shorts she normally just you know we were like hiking pants or whatever and she's got nice cams you know so i i was walking behind her checking her out and then i was like hey you got nice legs uh, go ahead bro come with me <laughs> nice nice i love it no that's that's great you guys and you guys you guys know that i'll have all the great links to get back to these guys with this episode if you guys uh if you guys don't mind would you go ahead and plug your show and where everybody can find you at for sure yeah we're a false reality check you can find us on all the podcast places spotify apple all that kind of stuff and uh we're on instagram and twitter at frc pod that's right and we lost our email account we don't have access to it anymore so we have a new one it's false reality check at uh, protonmail.com just send us you know, a nice email or, you know, the link tree is in our description for all of our episodes and it's got our telegram, all the ways that you can reach out to us. And we're hoping to get a website up soon, kind of like Patreon, yeah. but just our own standalone thing and um, offer more content there. But yeah, this, this has been great. We really appreciate y'all and uh, having us on and um, like genuine conversation. Yeah. Cool shit. Yeah, this has been. We'd love to come back if we're oh, we're invited. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We got to get we got to connect on our show too. What's that, Bandit? It's good to swap ideas. You know, when we all have like lots of knowledge and just one subject. You know, when we can all get together and just have, it's like a giant brainstorm. You know, we just swap ideas. <clears throat> absolutely. Tomorrow, I'm going to get out the heating mats and I'm going to make a tenth attempt at getting a sourdough starter started. So there you go. That's a win for me. Cause if she, if, if my wife knows one thing, it's like the, the nasty thing that is in the Mason jar that has failed so many times, you know, she gets frustrated every time I do it and then it sits there and goes bad. And then me, even though I'm the one that does the dishes, I'll leave it open in the sink and just, yeah. I gotta get past. Oh man, I feel, I feel personally attacked by this relatable content. <laughs> so, well, and of course, everybody out there knows that we'll have all those good links over there at our home for everything unconstitutionalawakening.com. You guys make sure you get over there and check out everything that's there, everything with our guests tonight and past guests that we've had, as well as stuff with Bandit. Even Kelkel's got a section going on there now. So we're trying to keep things freshen up going as much as we can over there and you guys know before i sign out i've always got to have a pirate joke for you guys for the evening so what do you <clears throat> My Pogo, uh, yeah. jim bob jim bob let me tell you uh, this is just not a guy just trying to get clout off of posting this guy really helped me and my child when i reach out yeah, i mean his brother is a real he, he's really a real human being you know he's not just on the show trying to get every recognition um, when I reached out to JB a few times for my child, y'all understand me because I'm a single dad on my own. He was there. So listeners and everybody on the panel, I just want to give him his accolade, uh, give him his flowers right now on the show. He's a real one. He's a real person. You know, and I thank you, JB. You hear me? 
no i thank you kel I, I appreciate that man and you know like 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 i said when you first popped up tonight you're my twin brother i don't care if anybody doesn't think we look alike they, can, they, they better look close now they better look close that's right but you guys know that i always sign out with something funny to leave it on with so what do you call a pirate sword that is completely blunt a cutlass you guys have a fantastic evening <laughs>